Hey everybody, this is Jace, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much to all of you who came out to see us on our tour that just wrapped up recently. It was an amazing experience to get to go to so many new cities where we hadn't been before and to get to meet all of you. And for those of you who are not able to make it to the tour, we are releasing uh, the show that we did on tour right now, and this is from our show in LA. And this show that we did during the tour is about representations of non-monogamy and polyamory in TV and film. And so obviously for that, there is a visual component to it. So in this audio episode, you'll hear the audio from the clips, which in a lot of cases is enough. But if you want to get the full experience and actually see all of the clips as we're talking about them, then uh, you can go to multiamory.com slash podcast find the episode for this one there, and uh, then you can actually watch the video of this live show uh, from Los Angeles. So then you can actually see all of the video clips and get a sense for what the live show was like and all of that. Um, but anyway, either way, just wanted to let you know that those are your options. And thank you so much for making this tour possible. It really was amazing. Hope you enjoy the episode. Previously on Multiamory. Monogamy is not natural for me right now. You wanna what? You wanna what? You wanna what? 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 what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Brain explode. This isn't your husband? No, he's the boyfriend. Well, how can you have two boyfriends? Oh, I don't. I have five. Fry, meet Chew, Bolt, and Dulu and Shlomo. Greetings. Hey, who gets to have sex with me tonight? You guys wanna arm wrestle for it? Sure. sure! Okay. Do we all go on dates together? Who's gonna be the third wheel? No other dudes. No other dudes. Part of me wants to brag, but the other part's like, whoa, this is kind of freaky deaky. I think maybe you should calm down a little bit. That's... I'm sure that's very easy for you to say. You're not the one being treated like the one night stand who lingered too long. But the heart's not like a box that gets filled up. It expands in size the more you love. <laughs> walk. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, wow. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. Uh, we have been to, what, nine cities? Two We've been to every city in the world yeah, at this point. <laughs> nine cities, two conferences. We spoke at Google, and this is our final show of our second North American tour, which is so freaking awesome. We're so glad to be here with all of you, especially since we know so many of you in this audience tonight. So thank you so much for being here. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know why the hell you're here and who we are, I am Emily. I'm Jace. And I am Dedeker. And uh, yeah, if you don't know why you're here, um, <laughs> is there anyone here who's never listened to the Multi-Amory podcast? Show of hands. Nice. Okay. Nice. All, right. all right. Oh, no, you're no, lying. Andy, you're a liar. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Well, for those of you that are not lying, thank you so much for letting someone drag you along tonight. <laughs> we really appreciate that. Um, uh, so for those of you that don't know, we started the Multi-Amory podcast in 2014, um, mostly because at that time we were just, um, I don't know, we were kind of frustrated with having to explain polyamory over and over and over and over and over again. And so we, I guess we thought that 
maybe if we pre-record something that then it'll be a little bit easier. We can just kind of hand it over to people instead of having to have the same conversation. Um, and here we are, four years later, still having the same conversation over and over and over again, but loving it. And yeah, here at our very, very last show of our second tour. So again, thank you so much for showing up tonight. Um, so as you saw from our intro, uh, we had our very, very first live show ever in January of 2017. Um, as here in, like, in Santa Monica. Uh, yeah, I was here in Los Angeles. Um, as in it was the first time that we ever recorded the podcast in front of live human beings instead of in front of just some cats, which is normally how the podcast gets made. Um, mm -hmm. So the topic for that show was we covered representations of polyamory and non-monogamy in pop culture, in TV and movies. Um, and for that show that we did about a year and a half ago, the way that we did research for that show and the way we prepared for it is we basically just stayed in our pajamas all day drinking mimosas and watching a bunch of stuff. We got super drunk. It was great. It was awesome. Um, and yeah, we found a wide variety of representations and portrayals of non-traditional relationships in all kinds of stuff from web series and movies and popular TV shows like some that you saw, like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like Futurama, um, like uh, Orange is the New Black, things like that. Yeah, and when we were watching all of these shows, we started to see popular themes coming up over and over again that related to non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the first one of those that we noticed is that everything uh, tried to look as close to monogamy as possible. Uh, and basically what that meant was it tended to focus on a couple who was seeking a third to try to spice up their love life together. It wasn't so much about that third relationship being its own autonomous one. It was sort of only there to serve the primary couple and uh, oftentimes with this sort of arc ending in the couple not needing the third anymore and being like, cool, we're good now, and that's supposed to be a happy ending. Uh, and for any of us who've been the third, we know that's not the happy ending mm -hmm. to that story. Yeah. Uh, and then also that it was almost always two women and a man in all of the triads that we saw. Yeah, and there was the, just this assumption that all of the women were bisexual and none of the men were. So there was a lot of male bi-erasure happening on these shows, um, with the exception of, what was it, uh, House of Cards. We did right. see yeah, Kevin Spacey's character. Mm -hmm. He was with a man on that one. Um, and then also, most of the things that we were seeing were all white people. It was a bunch of white, privileged people uh, that were just taking their third out on this extravagant date and then sending them on their way at the end. Mm -hmm. So we decided for this show that we wanted to revisit this theme again. Um, the thing that we did differently this time is we decided that we wanted to focus on just media that came out in this past year because we're mostly interested in kind of checking in and seeing how is representation of non-traditional relationships changing or evolving? Is it changing or evolving? But again, we just focused on stuff just in this past year. Yeah, and when we had that idea, we weren't sure if we could pull it off but we asked for a lot of contributions from you out there, as well as looking into stuff on our own. And we found that not only was there enough content to do a whole new episode only doing stuff about non-monogamy that's come out in the past year, but in fact, there was so much we're not even going to be able to show it all, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty amazing, because before we had to pull from like 10 years in the past yeah. to get enough stuff to cover an episode. A bunch of random web series. Yeah. Right, yeah. totally. So that's, that's been amazing. And on that note, I did want to to apologize if your favorite show that covered non-monogamy this year does not get shown. 
Uh, I apologize. There just wasn't time to cover everything, which is actually an amazing thing. So be happy about that. You can angry tweet at us later. Yeah, or or just afterward when we hang out. Exactly. <laughs> um, there will be a question and answer section at the end. So we have our lovely uh, question microphone sitting there. So if you have questions during the show, save them for the end because we will have time for them. Okay. So we're going to be showing you a lot of different clips from different movies and TV shows and one web series. Um, it's going to be kind of like movie day in class, where you get to like chill out, except the only difference is that you get to drink. Um, That's way better. Yes, yes, yes. So on that note, if you need to get another drink, feel free to get up and get it. If you need to go to the bathroom, that's okay. We're not going to give you a hall pass or anything like that. Um, We're all cool here. I do need to give a couple of disclaimers here. Um, One of them is that at the very end, we do have one clip that has some simulated sex acts in it. So if you are anti-simulated sex, now is the time to go. (laughs) Oh, we're good, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is because we're covering stuff that came out in the last year or so, that means that there is going to be spoilers. Yeah. Wow, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's okay. You're going to get warning ahead of time what show we're talking about, you know, what the clip's going to be from. If you want to cover your ears or like close your eyes and la 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 la, like to keep yourself, or if you want to go to the bathroom, or go to the bathroom, yeah. point, or get a drink during you know, that time, if you like, want to keep yourself spoiler free, proud to be, it's totally okay to do that. We've had someone at every single show oh, yeah, actually do that, like so, exit the premises. So for a don't while. be embarrassed. It's totally okay if if you need to protect yourself. It's okay to have boundaries here. Yes. Yeah, my my favorite was on one of the shows. We had like two or three people in New York leave during yeah. that show and then came back afterward because no, they were just good. like, I can't have that spoiled for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they did that. Okay, so shall we get into yeah, this? Let's do yeah, it. let's do it. Um, so one of the amazing things that we saw this year was that uh, there were much more nuanced conversations happening around non-monogamy and non-traditional relationships. Um, and also, there are so many more people of color on these television shows, which is yeah, fucking finally. awesome. Um, at Compersion last year, which is an amazing, amazing web series, that was like one of the only things things that was 100% uh, with African American people mm-hmm. and uh, the entire crew was yeah. as well so that was something obviously that was like a lower budget thing now we're seeing things on Netflix we're seeing uh, movies and a bunch of different things with people of color which is fantastic mm-hmm. the thing the, I guess the main thing that I noticed when we were starting to do research for this episode is that I feel like I see you know mainstream media slowly but surely getting better at telling these kind of stories at writing stories that have you know, some kind of connecting point to non-monogamy at telling a variety of viewpoints. However, the interesting thing that I see is that um, writers still have to write for a mainstream audience, and that means an audience that still has predominantly traditional and predominantly monogamous values. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of an interesting thing that I think comes through in a lot of the work is kind of a little bit of this, I guess, I don't know if you could call it creative tension or whatever, but this tension between like how far writers are willing to go or how realistic writers are willing to go or what you know kinds of off-the-wall relationships writers are willing to write in versus what a more traditional audience is still going to relate to and believe and and want to hear about in a story, essentially. Yeah, and I mean, monogamy is not a bad thing, obviously, but it just sort of perpetuates this idea that polyamory is just about sex or just about hookups. 
Yeah. So this first clip we're going to show you is an example of both of these things. It's a more nuanced conversation, but it does keep the non-monogamy to kind of a just hookup sort of thing. And this is from the show Insecure. Uh, any fans of Insecure out there? Yeah. 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 Okay. Actually, yeah. did anyone work on Insecure? I know. Oh my this God, is the we only, can ask This that is the only city here. where we can ask that question. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might actually be working on season two of it, oh, which is pretty oh, exciting. Well, cool. Um, wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's wait, that's probably an NDA thing. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, in Insecure, one of the main characters, Molly, uh, she meets a guy named Dro, who is married and is in an open relationship with his wife, Candace. And this is the conversation that they have after the first time that they have sex. <laughs> So how would this even work? Like this whole open thing sounds super messy. Cause like, if you see me, are you seeing other people? Mm, I don't have to. But do you want to? No, not right now. I'm more not. <laughs> I'm not looking for anyone else, Molly. Okay, but what if I am? What if I want to see other people? Then you gotta do what you want. Are there other Mollies out there that you've been with like that? I've only been with one Molly that I've been with like that. But if you're asking if I've stuck with other women, then come on. Okay, calm down, nigga. Wait, does Candace know about all this? Of course she does. It was actually her idea we see other people. Damn. That's kind of boss. That is kind of boss. Yeah. <laughs> a little, at least a little bit boss. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the fact that she's actually saying those words about a non-monogamous relationship. She's not like, that's fucking weird. I don't know who you are. <laughs> but instead, it's like a thing that's okay. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, pleased to be it's doing it in that moment. Reaction to yeah. It. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great, I think it's a pretty realistic conversation. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, like we were saying, very much about kind of an open relationship, just kind of a hookup sort of thing. Like, he's not really looking for another relationship um, and unfortunately that is kind of the arc that this takes in this season is that she ends up kind of being more and more unhappy with the fact that this relationship isn't going to be what she wants it to be which is a real relationship uh, and on that note I mean yes that's the right thing to do if you're in a relationship that's very clearly like not the thing that you want from a relationship but it's just a little bit of a bummer because that's all our audience knows. And I thought it would have been cool to show them something different than that. Well, that is the interesting thing, like I was saying, is that it's like yeah. the writer wants to go there, but you still kind of have to protect emotional yeah. monogamy, as it were. Like, that's why we get the line about, you know, like, don't worry, I'm not looking for, like, another serious mm -hmm. partner. Like, it's just sex. And even though, like, you know, casual sex and hookups are fine, but it's kind of like we, we saw a lot of that recurring conversation of, like, no, 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 don't worry. This isn't about, like, love or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's just about fucking. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing that we noticed is that something from last year, like I was saying, is that they were all focused on the couple who wanted to spice up their relationship, and so they start this relationship with, with a third. Um, 
what we're seeing this year is that that's starting to shift a little bit in terms of our point of view as the audience, like who it is we're following, whose story it is that's important. Yeah, so the gaze, G-A-Z-E, the gaze, um, <laughs> that is shifting. Just remember to clarify. Well, because every time we say it, I'm like, wait, wait we're saying right now. Yeah, no, the gaze. Um, <laughs> the, that is actually shifting away from just the couple over to the point of view of the third. Um, and with that, it kind of shows that there are some potentially troubling power dynamics that can happen if it's not done well. Right. So we're so okay with the gays. Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry. There's a there's been this idea that's been around for a long time in feminist film critique, which is the idea of the male gaze. So like the idea that um, most of the movies that we watch or the TV that we consume or the commercials that we see or ads or whatever that we see, the majority of it is shot from the male gaze, as in and especially if it's of a female subject, for instance, as in what's the lighting, what's the makeup, what's the pose, what are the body parts being shown that are going to be the most appealing and attractive to a heterosexual male viewpoint. And if you haven't noticed this already, you're going to start noticing it now. <laughs> um, and so I kind of think that like what we're starting to see is, again, this gaze shifting where it's kind of like what we saw was initially like the couple's gaze, for instance, like what's good for the couple? Like, should they open up? Should they not? Should they try to have this threesome? Should they not? Should they try to find a unicorn? Is it going to be good for them or not? And we are starting to see more media that's maybe portraying things from the unicorn's gaze mm -hmm. or from the third's gaze or from the secondary partner's gaze who maybe is not as thrilled with this. So it's like we're kind of actually seeing... Uh, that there is impact to couples' privilege. We're seeing like couples' privilege is a thing, first and foremost, um, and that there can be consequences to if you treat your third really shitty. <laughs> um, so the first uh, couple clips that we're going to show you to exemplify this is um, actually our only web series that we're going to talk about tonight uh, called Unicorn Land. Has anyone watched Unicorn Land? Woo! Yeah. yeah. Apparently this corner of the audience yeah. has. I don't know where y'all were. but um, It's really good. Yeah, so Watch it's really it. fantastic. It's, yeah. it's won a bunch of awards. It has really high production value. Um, and uh, basically the series follows this woman who she just got through a messy divorce after a bad marriage and part of her healing process is that she is a unicorn. Like she goes and hooks up, hooks up, <laughs> hook up I try to say hook up and fuck at the same yeah. time. Um, she, <laughs> she hooks it up with, um, with couples um, kind of as part of her process of rediscovery after this marriage. And it's not clear from the series like if she's looking for a long-term ongoing triad relationship or if she is just looking for one-off threesomes, but it just kind of, everything is from her perspective. Um, it's also one of the only shows where it actually portrayed like a lesbian couple instead of a heterosexual Amazingly, couple that are yeah. actually, you know, looking for a third or for a unicorn. And um, the show is really great and also really awful just in how awkward it is. Like really realistically awkward. Um, I'm just gonna let it speak for itself. You're a unicorn. A beautiful, fascinating woman. Or man. Who deigns to bestow her presence on mortals. Rare, magical creatures. Look at you two beauties. Would you stop objectifying her? I'm excited, baby. Don't call me baby. Maybe I should go. No, 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 stay. Don't be a creep. If she wants to leave, let her leave. She wants to leave because you're being unstable. Listen, I want to fuck her too, okay? But you're smothering me. If we can't fuck someone together, how are we supposed to raise a child? Sit Wait. Down. I feel like going home. No, please stay. 
I didn't get out of a bad marriage to join yours. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, that I one deserves some applause. Yeah. Now she's so good, and you can see, like, all throughout the series, it's so intentionally shot, like, the way that we have that scene where the couple's even blocking her from the camera being able to see her. Like, they're just completely obliterating her. There's all these shots in the series of her walking, like, ten steps behind a couple. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really, really fantastic. And and I guess this portion of the audience that hasn't seen it, you can go watch it online for free. So go do that. it's, like, 40 minutes total. Total, yeah. Yeah. Each episode's only five minutes long. So And they don't always end awkward. Some of them are happy endings, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we'll move away from, like, the land of unicorns uh, and go over to Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman. Has anyone seen that in the audience? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's a movie that's about polyamorous relationships. Like a big budget movie. Exactly, which is fantastic. Um, There were some controversial things about it, definitely. Some coercion and uh, not a lot of, like, people asking for things instead just things happen sort of it was it was kind of awkward however um I'll I'll let you know about what we're about to see here so Professor Marsden who is the creator of the polygraph test and also created the Wonder Woman comics he and his wife um befriend and eventually get into a relationship with one of his students also has some ethical problems. Problems, Problems, yes. Um, But they have an amazing relationship together. They have kids together. He has kids with both of the women. um, And everything seems to be going really well until something very bad happens. And then we get this scene. Can't keep doing this. Are you blaming me for what happened? They had no right to... No, they did. They have every right their right to shun us, and perhaps their right to beat us. Please don't do this. You have to go. I don't want to go. It's gonna be alright. It's okay. I won't get in any more fights, I swear. Oh, sweetheart, I told you it wasn't about that, okay? Be a big boy, okay? That's alright, man. You look after your brother, alright? Please don't do this. I didn't do this. It's really pretty tragic. Yeah, absolutely. But the amazing thing about this scene is that it lingers on her. So you're rooting for her in this moment. You're feeling like the emotions that she's going through instead of kind of villainizing her, saying like, oh yeah, this is a good thing that she's being kicked out. Mm -hmm. It's really tragic that she is. And also the children. No one thought of the children. No, no one one thought of the the children children in this moment. And yeah, it's it's very devastating, so. Well, yeah, it's just that that I think in years previous, like Jace was saying, 
saying, it was very much the opposite, that like you kind of villainize the third. Like the third is complicating things. They're getting in the way of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so kind of us not needing her anymore or us kicking her out, like that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do versus here where we're seeing like, oh, that actually has some consequences that has some impact that we yeah, kind of for see. for a lot of people, yes. not just that core relationship. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the next show that we want to show you as an example is a show called You, Me, Her. Anyone watch this one? Okay, right? Like one, one person. person. Exactly. So yep. here's, here's the thing, the first thing that may surprise you is that you haven't seen this show, but this is the only show on television about polyamory. But why haven't you heard about it? Why haven't you seen it? Well, it's because it's produced on the Audience Network, which is an online-only network that you can only log into and watch with your cable subscription. But you can't watch it on cable. And you can't Only subscribe online. just to it online. You have to have cable to watch it online. It's so in other words, the audience network has no audience. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this show, You, Me, Her, actually just aired its third season. We're talking like about its second season. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're talking about the second season, which just came out last year. Uh, and this show centers around a couple from Portland, Oregon, uh, who meet an escort who's a college student and they start a relationship with her. And the first season, just quick little summary here, first season is all about kind of them being like, wait, what? Like, what is this? How could we both have feelings for her? Should we try this? I don't know. Like, did she stay with us? Do we both sleep with her at the same time? What, right? It's like that, that sort of thing. And they need to keep this secret from all of their neighbors for some reason, even though they live in Portland. And so they tell a lie to their neighbors that she's their niece. And that's why she's saying that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ugh. Uh, I mean, anyway. you, you don't know how ruthless Portland is, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. They would not be about this. Um, so... This So at the end of the first season, she kind of gets fed up with being kept a secret and is going to leave, and they go and get her back and say, no, come live with us. So now this is the very first episode, the very beginning of season two, where they're going to be open, they're going to talk to their neighbors about it. And this is the conversation they have that's relevant to what we were just talking about. The adventure begins. Openly polyamorous adventure. Yep. Are you okay? Yeah. I think we're back. Oh, wait, did you? Uh, no. What's happening here, it's called couple's privilege. You both assume the unicorn would ride in the back. That's me. The unicorn. The third. So, should we rotate? Or, where do you want to sit? Mm, behind the wheel. Cool. Okay, so they Googled the term couple's privilege. Yeah. All right. Good job. Good, good for and, them. And really, like, phenomenal acting, it's right? great Just acting. Awesome. So yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I, th I think that's the frustrating thing, is, like, for a show that actively markets itself as the only show on television about polyamory, that when you watch it, it becomes very clear relatively quickly that like I don't think anyone on the writing team you know identifies as polyamorous or non-monogamous. I don't think anyone on the writing team knows anybody who's polyamorous or non-monogamous. And I think that 
no one on the writing team knows anyone who lives in Portland either. No. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Definitely not. There's just so many moments where it falls flat and it's off. I don't, I, let's just go on to the next clip and just, well, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, the thing is they start the season with this and I was like, oh, maybe after the first season they got some feedback from polyamorous people who watched the show and were like, oh, we should actually learn what this is like. They got yeah, some they terminology. Term. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So they mentioned couple privilege. I'm like, oh, cool, this will be an interesting season. Uh, but then it just, it's like we see them do shitty couple privilege things and we see her be upset about it, but then there's like no real consequences for it. Then they just kind of all forgive each other and go back to their thing. Like it's just... Weird, but okay, so we're going to rant about this show, You, Me, Her, for a little bit. Um, so strap in. <laughs> so get, get ready for it. Uh, so just here's another illustration of kind of how little the writers know about the world the culture. of polyamory at all. Uh, so this scene takes place after they've kind of gone through something difficult and are trying to figure out their relationship. <laughs> I don't know how other throuples do it without... One of them always feeling like they were the odd human out. Is there a support group for polyamory somewhere? Please, there's a support group for dandruff sufferers. Is there a, su is there a support group for polyamory somewhere? I don't know. I've never heard of one. Do you think there's a place where like people in non-traditional relationships could like meet up and like discuss things? Yeah. Like, do you think people do that? Do you think there's a podcast maybe with a po about like, maybe there's this a couple books or something? Do you think that there's a, not a cocktail party going on right now for in Polly Portland, Amherst Oregon? People? Well, and in LA, <laughs> Polly cocktails is happening literally right now. Yes. So yeah, that's like that's the <laughs> thing. Thank you for being here is, tonight. It's like even in the fiction of the show, these people think that they invented it, um, and it's set. You know, now it's not set in like the 70s, 80s, 90s before there was the internet when people really could be like, how do we do this? I don't know. We just kind of got to figure it out on their own. It's it's like no nobody Googled and they all have smartphones in their pocket and nobody Googled like, hey, I'm in a triad now. What the hell do I do? Um, and the other problem with that clip is they use the th word. I don't know if any of y'all caught that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got we got another clip. It's going to show it for you oh, even do it. better. Even more. So this happens uh, again. Like I said, they're going to come out. This is when they come out to all of their neighbors at their neighbor's barbecue. Not theirs. Their neighbor's barbecue. Not their own barbecue. They the hijack their neighbor's barbecue. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> this is Izzy. She just said that. I'm sorry, I don't understand what's going on here. Why, why are you presenting your niece like it's her coming out party? It's, actually, it's kind of fun to use the phrase coming out um, because... Because um, I'm not their niece. Oh. We're together. We're a throuple. We're living together, like romantically. Yeah, so cheers, everyone, okay? This is cheers. Keep Portland weird. So they got that part. They got the Portland slogan in there. Yeah. But clearly, you know, if it really was in Portland, half the people at that party would be like, me too. Yeah, like, That's we great. knew. Don't worry about it. It's not a big Good deal. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just and the thruple word. It's all throughout the show and it just turns my stomach every single time. Yeah. So we we actually found out during this tour we met like two people who actually use the word thruple to describe their own relationship. Did anyone here use the word thruple? Anyone? Not not that I they would one, say it now. One person. One person? Yeah. So so generally speaking, I and and we would we would advise you to to don't. <laughs> and it's <laughs> I don't mean to, to, I mean, I think to I kinda, shame anyone for yeah, their language Yeah, I kind of got in trouble for this. Wanna, yeah. your, your language choices are your own. You can use whatever That's it true. is. Yes. It's, however, however, we don't call it a tuple or a fourple. True. But Very no, true. so, so thruple, thruple's one of these words that the media is really like latched onto. And so you'll see lots, like you see it a ton in the news. Like you'll see this story about this thruple who's raising a kid together. Or you'll see this story about this thruple who got married in New Zealand or, you know, whatever it is. And, but, but like within the world of polyamory, no one uses it. Everyone says triad. And so for us, it's one of these like litmus test things when we get messages from news outlets or people making documentaries or making films who want us to talk about them or they wrote a book that has some sort of non-monogamy in it. If they use the word thruple, to us, that's this signal of like, oh, uh, you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, like you haven't actually talked to anybody yet. Like you, you? No one's taught you the about. secret handshake yet. Right, like. right. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. So we hate this word thruple, but we created a palate cleanser for you all and for ourselves in the form of the show Shit's Creek. What kind of barnyard were you raised in where you just eat someone else's food? So you can share a boyfriend, but you can't share a piece of cake? I'm not sharing a boyfriend. Stevie and I are both dating Jake at the same time, like sexually evolved human beings. Mm-hmm. Okay, because in my experience with thruples... We're not a thruple. I want to have that queued up and at the ready. Anytime someone sends us an email, just like, we're not a thruple. We're not a thruple. <laughs> really, we're not. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shit's Creek, however, is a fantastic show uh, mm-hmm. that does actually have surprisingly nuanced conversations about non-monogamy and about male bisexuality, all for a show that is largely improvised because it's a Christopher Guest show. Um, and also our Canadian audience was very excited to point out this is also a Canadian yeah. show. Thank so. you, Canadian person. Yes, thank you, Canada. <laughs> well done. So we're going to stop ranting about thruples. Yeah, and Yumi Her. Yeah, stop ranting about Yumi Her. We're moving into the academic portion of the show. So get your glasses on. Get your neighbor's glasses on something. Because Jace has invented a new word. Again. Yet again. I have. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I love inventing new words. Uh, but this one is a very necessary one. So when we were, we were watching That's this. That's debatable. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, okay. Aww. I'm sorry. I'm so mean. No, Mar- it's Mauricio, so necessary. Mauricio, can you just edit that part out <laughs> of the show? Hashtag sorry, Mauricio. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, sorry, God, I totally lost. Okay, no, you're right. Okay, it's okay. So, uh, probably most people in this audience uh, are familiar with the term heteronormativity. And for those of you who aren't, heteronormativity is a term for basically creating content or policy or basically just speaking in a way that assumes everyone is heterosexual. So we see this in the way that like a lot of our laws are written or the way a lot of policies are written or a lot of rules are written. They just assume that anyone who's in a couple is going to be male and female, right? So that's heteronormativity. And we see it a lot in our TV shows and stuff. It's like no one has to explain that they're straight because we just assume everybody is. And then within the poly community, there's been this term used for a while called mononormativity, 
which is the same thing, but about monogamy. It assumes that everyone who, you know, everyone wants a monogamous relationship. That's why you get those questions of, or you get that statement of like, well, someday I hope you find someone who really loves you. Is that assumption that everyone must want monogamy, and if you don't have it, it's because you haven't found it yet, or like you can't find it, or you're not ready for it yet, something like that. But what we started seeing in these shows is that we're having a lot more non-monogamy, but they tend to be these triads, like in You, Me, Her, that are a closed triad. And in there, there's this assumption that in order for a relationship to be real, it has to be closed. And so the term I created for that is fidelity normativity. It just rolls off the tongue. It's the easiest thing I've ever heard to say. Yeah. So yes, you will have to practice it a few times, but I guarantee you at your next poly meetup, you whip you that one out. Whip that one out. People are going to go, oh yeah, no, totally. It's a real problem. Yeah, people like, will act like, yeah, yeah. And you'll be the smartest one in the room. That's true. Yeah. Um, at fidelity normativity. Fidelity normativity. Fidelity yeah. normativity. Yeah, practice in the mirror. Yeah. Fidelity normativity. Yeah. Yeah. Although if you say it three times in the mirror, it will appear. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so fidelity normativity, right, is this assumption that everyone wants fidelity and that for a relationship to be real, it needs to be fidelitous. In You, Me, Her, we see this where in the second season, again, this is a show about polyamory, according to their own marketing materials, there's like this arc of him being interested in someone else who's like an old college girlfriend of his and they talk about it as emotional cheating mm -hmm. and like their relationship coming together before they have that conversation about like, I don't know how other polyamorous throuples do it. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't aspirate enough. <laughs> You're right. I don't know how other polyamorous couples do it. Oh my God. It's a good Greg Polar impression. That's Amy yeah. Polar's brother, by the way. Yes. Yeah, that was in case you were wondering. Old Greg. Old True Greg. fact. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in that, their coming together is because he stands her up on a date, basically, this other woman, and doesn't go on that. It's like, no, I came home to, to be with you because you know, you're the only people I really love. So, another so, show. So it's like this baked-in notion that, right. again, for love to be real, it has to be closed, and also for love to be real, it has to involve rejecting someone, someone else. else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like casting off any other options or lovers that... that we've really held that up as this ideal of like true romance. Mm -hmm. And so even with shows that are about polyamory, it's like, well, whatever, we just add one more person, one more person to the configuration, but it's still romantic if it's closed and it's fidelitous. Yeah. So another example of this comes from the show Transparent. Uh, has anyone watched Transparent? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So in the fourth season of Transparent, there was an arc where one of the sisters and her husband met a female friend of theirs and started a relationship with her. Uh, and we'll just call her Maybe, because <laughs> I've forgotten her name and it's played by the actress who plays Maybe. Uh, and they start a relationship with her and she identifies herself as a poly-hearted, bisexual female. Human, or, human female. Sorry. I don't know why she had to add the last part there. but she, So she identifies as poly-hearted. And they start this relationship, and in coming out to their family, they drop terms like NRE. They talk about new relationship energy. And I was like, wow, this, these writers actually know what they're talking about. They actually did more research than you, me, or her did. And then, while the couple is away on a vacation, they kind of have a serious conversation and say, yeah, we should work on our stuff that we have going on together. So like, no, no third? Yeah, no third, right? kind of like we talked about before. And then it gets even weirder because then they come back to break up with her. 
For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. But before they do, she has this to say to them. You you guys. Okay. Um, it's a little delicate, uh, just because I care about you guys a lot. But I kind of met a new partner while you guys were gone, and I think I'm really falling for her. Wow, that was so fast. That was a little fast, yeah. yeah. Do not apologize. We actually yeah. had the we same... We were going to say... It's weird, it's like... Can I... Right. So to be clear then mm-hmm. about this, uh, then from now on, well, we... We can still work on kids on top. Good. You know, and like spend time together. It's just that, yeah, Becca is now my primary partner. Right, 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 right. He's my primary dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we know we, what that is. Oh, you guys have been best. All right. Well, this is goodbye. Yeah, thank you for understanding. We're going to miss you. We'll get together. We'll start writing soon. Yeah, right? Hope so. Yeah. We had fun, right? so much fun. This is the least awkward breakup. Totally. I mean, we're great at breakups. Right? Wait, what? Yeah. What just happened? Like... It's like it didn't quite add up there. No, totally. There's like a lot of lines of dialogue missing there. Right. It's very weird. Yeah, so I understand that the writers needed this to happen. And so, since we're in L.A., I can actually say this. To all of you who work with the writers of Transparent, (laughs) please pass this message along. So here's the deal. You could have had this end up exactly the same way, and you could have done it better. All you had to do was she has that conversation, right? Says, I have this new partner. She's my primary now. And then when they say, they're like, oh, this is the least awkward breakup ever. She goes, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, I was just letting you guys know that I have a new primary partner. And that might change our dynamic a little bit. But why would you assume? And they go, oh, well, actually, you know, we want to work on ourselves. And so we're going to break up with you. And then she can go, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> And scene. And scene. <laughs> We're good. But unfortunately, that's not what happened there. Well, so, but that's the thing, though, is that, I mean, I think that 
it kind of echoes what we see in much more traditional dating, like when you're casually seeing a couple different people or like maybe there's someone you're casually sleeping, sleeping with and then if that person comes to you and says, hey, you know, I met someone, I think I'm falling for them, I think it's serious, I think they're my partner now, that like you know, like, oh, well, that means like we can't sleep together anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly like this is a breakup or this is, you know, the end of whatever it is we had. But it's kind of like taking again, something that's slightly more mononormative and kind of applying it to a situation where... It, fidelitonormative. It's, sorry. It is mononormative, too, a little bit. But also fidelitonormative. It's fidelitonormative. Yes. Okay, fine. Taking something much more fidelitonormative mm-hmm. and applying it to a situation that doesn't need to be so fidelitonormative. Yep. True. I'm practicing. Nailed it. it. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to go back to Professor Marston because this movie is kind of chock full of this, especially towards the beginning um, when the person who's the third, the the student, she actually has a fiancé. Um, but the couple come to her and say, like, okay, it's either the fiancé or it's us. Like, you can't have both. So, again, you have to reject someone in order for this to be a real thing. Um, the fiancé also isn't happy with, like, how close she's getting to Professor Marston and his wife. Mm-hmm. But they have this conversation here. And, yes, Dedeker, well, you wanted yes. to say something okay, about so this. Okay, so in this clip, um, we can never tell what the fiancé's name actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't hear, like, is it Brent? Is it Brant, is it Brad? Is it bread? Sounds we like don't know. Bread to um, us. Keep your ears out and let us know. I'm saying that I'm open to having sex with you if you'd like that. As is my husband. I'm engaged. Do you love Brand? Oh crap. Very well. If you if you love this Brant fellow, then then we're happy for you. <laughs> Let's, let's forget the sex part. We can be friends, right? Let's just all, all be, be friends. What do you want? I don't know. That is a lie. Are you in love with Brent? Yes. That is a lie. Are you in love with me? No. Okay, I want to see by show of hands, who here is in love with bread? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of gluten intolerant people yeah, in know. here. Oh my I god. Geez. I guess we are in LA. Seriously though, he says bread, she says brant. Like they they didn't catch that in the editing. No, they couldn't no ADR, ADR that. I know. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. But so in this scene, he actually goes on. The next question he asks is, you know, do you love her? Do you love my wife? And she says the same thing. No. And then it's, you know, that is a lie. Because it is a lie. Yes. Got to get the delivery on that. So it's okay for her to be in love with both of them because it would still be fidelitous. But she couldn't also love the fiance and still love them. See where this is the fidelity. Yeah, she has no agency in what she wants, right. like right. in this relationship. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Fidelity normativity. Yes. Okay. Brilliant. I know. Thank you. I, I love can, it. No, I can. I can, say I can it everyone's like, 
You went from laughing at it to everyone's like, like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get more into those nuanced conversations that we were talking about. Um, we're going from like the really remedial, like 101, very basic non-monogamy talk into like the 201 non-monogamy talk at the very least. Um, and so most of these conversations that we've been seeing have been happening with therapists on these TV shows. Yeah, so with these kind of more complex, more in-depth conversations. We didn't initially intentionally plan it out this way, but the next three clips that you're going to see are all therapist scenes in TV shows. Um, the first clip that we're going to show you is from a Netflix show called She's Gotta Have It. Has anyone watched that one? Oh, yeah. 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 It deserves a round of applause. It's fantastic. Um, so She's Gotta Have It is a show based on a Spike Lee film of the same name that came out in 86 or 87. Um, and the story follows this young woman named Nola. She's an artist living in Brooklyn. And um, Nola has four partners. She has you know, three partners who are men, one who's a woman. And it's really interesting because I think that there is some controversy around the show, but I think that Nola is possibly one of our only portrayals of solo polyamory um, that we have on TV as in polyamory that's not part of a hierarchical couple or the person doesn't want to become part of a hierarchical couple. She's very clear throughout the show with all of her partners, you know, that she doesn't want to become somebody's girlfriend. She really wants to prioritize her own time and autonomy. She wants to prioritize her art and her career. Um, where the show gets its controversy is because uh, throughout the show, she's not really honest or transparent with any of her partners. Like she's open about the fact that she's not gonna be monogamous, but she kind of keeps everyone at arm's length. She kind of keeps her relationships compartmentalized. You know, some of the drama in the show comes when, you know, more than one partner shows up to the same event accidentally and she's running around trying to make sure they don't run into each other, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but throughout the show, she has this really a lot of actually really interesting conversations with their therapist, including this one. Can you focus with three boyfriends? They're not my boyfriends. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lovers. In addition to Opal, that's four. I admit, I may have slipped up and called one by the other's name, but I never confuse their energies. Is their energy feeding your voice as an artist? They all bring something different out of me. All right, tell me about that. Mars makes me laugh until my sides hurt. We just have fun together, you know? He, he makes me feel like a kid again. Greer? Greer is spontaneous, surprisingly cultured. Nothing is ever the same with him. Definitely not the sex. And Jamie? It's a little more um, intricate. Oh, of course, of course. The estranged wife. It was convenient at first. Him taking my broke ass to the River Cafe, buying my art when no one else would, but then something shifted. I care about him, and he cares about me in a way that no one ever has. It sounds like altogether your lovers make the perfect mate. But you don't think that's smart. Well, I didn't say that. I got it all under wraps, Doc Jameson. For one, Opal's not even a problem. I never see anyone more than twice a week, no two lovers in one day, no sex without a condom, and no sex if it ain't in my loving bed. You got a lot of rules there. Gotta maintain some kind of control. Or what? I don't want you to feel pressured to choose. But the reality is that each lover will most likely want more of your time and heart and soul. But what will you have left for yourself, for your art? Can I make a suggestion? Opal was always very transparent with you. 
Maybe it's time to take a page out of her book. Maybe full disclosure will help lift this burden that you've been carrying. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah, I love this conversation. I love the fact that, again, it feels like this very real conversation about the very real pros and cons of having multiple partners, that it kind of hits all these different talking points about the fact that it acknowledges that she could get very different positive things from different partners. It acknowledges the fact that there isn't just like one partner who's kind of better suited to her than the rest. And it also would have been really easy to go in a direction where the therapist is just giving the pushback and trying to tell her like, no, you got to stop this. No, this is unhealthy. This is distracting you or you got to pick one of them and figure it out and stop playing these games. yeah. Yeah, but the fact that even though the therapist brings up all these counterpoints and these cons where she lands is hey why don't you just try being honest like (laughs) maybe that'll help solve the drama and the distraction happening in your life as if you're just honest and transparent and the really cool thing is that by the end of the show in the very last episode she is she invites all of her partners to a prince themed Thanksgiving party which sounds like the best party on the planet (laughs) I don't know about you um and they do a dance. And it ends it's in a so choreographed good. dance, which is also one, a personal fantasy of mine. Yes. And now you know. <laughs> I love it. Um, has anyone out there seen the show Easy? On yes. Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Again, this corner this of the audience. This side's really killing yeah, it. They've seen everything over there. Yeah, yeah. the binge watchers over there, I guess. Um, but again, a really good show. It's like shorter episodes, like 21-minute episodes um, with maybe two or three people that are kind of the focus of each episode. Um, and now it's in its second season, and there were two people that were in the first season and the second season. Um, these two people that we're about to see in the first season, they... Their marriage was on the rocks. They didn't know if they were going to make it. Like, they kind of have a sexless marriage now. Um, And then in the second season, they actually end up becoming non-monogamous. And they do have this amazing conversation with their therapist, which we're about to see here. I feel ready. I feel like this has been such an important part of the process. It's a very, very adult sort of thing to do of talking it out and making it super conscious but at a certain point i just feel like it gets it's getting into a heady zone um and it's just feels so abstract at this point and we should just do it well just so we just so we're all on the same page what do you mean by do it open marriage (laughs) having Sex with other people. They're pretty cute. They're kind of cute. And from this, I mean, you kind of think that it's all going to explode. It's just going to be a really bad time for these two people. And you're sort of waiting for that throughout this episode, especially since they say the words like, we don't need rules. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of saying like, okay, everyone has to be home at 10 o'clock. We have to like be in bed together every Mm -hmm. night. Like no anal sex on Wednesdays. It... (laughs) Instead, like, they just kind of throw it out there and they're like, let's just try it. We've done the work. Mm-hmm. We've done all these things with our therapist. So let's go for it and see where we land. Yeah. So that is kind of refreshing to see. Because like you said, normally yeah. we do get that scene where it's like, okay, we got to figure out the rules. We got to figure out how this works exactly. so that we can explain to the audience how this is going to work. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're just like, no, nah, like we've been in therapy. We've been talking about it. We'll just dive into it. Yeah. It's very different than normally how yeah. it would go. Well, and I think part of that is that we're used to characters on TV not communicating at all. 
all. Yeah. Like that's like the central plot point of every romantic comedy <laughs> is just either like getting caught on something early and lying about it that lasts through the whole movie and then you have to come clean at the end or just like not communicating about what it is you want, right? Yeah. And so we expect that from our characters on TV. It's what every sitcom is based on. Right. It's right? Like it's every episode of Friends is like some version of that, right? <laughs> yeah. So this show is so surprising because at the end of the episode we get this conversation. Do you have fun? Weird. Hmm. I had a weird night too. Why? I hooked up with that girl from work. Wow. Yeah. I had sex with a stranger. Do you want to talk about it? Not, not now. <laughs> Maybe in the morning. Cool. Uh, love you. I love you. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty sweet. They respect yeah. each other's boundaries. They like ask the, permission like, this, about this things. This corner wants yeah. to have some tentative just, applause. Yeah. No, it's, no, yeah. it's very like tender. It's, it's very lovely. I like yeah. this tender clapping too. Exactly. Just, like, I know. It's like we don't want to wake them up. We don't want to disturb yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's lovely. Like nobody is expecting anything from the other person. They're not like you have to tell me what happened right now, or please God, don't tell me what occurred. They're respecting each other's boundaries in that moment, and it's really, really beautiful to see. And again, very different than the kind of narrative that we've been fed for years through, you know, yeah. these, this type of media. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I like that in that conversation, they kind of seem to capture the mix of, like, awkwardness and vulnerability mm -hmm. and also a little bit of excitement that comes from having a conversation like that with a partner for the first time, like the first time that you do decide to talk about having sex with someone else or what you got up to with someone else. Um, that, again, like, it's not all horrible, like, tears and negativity it's also not all positive happy rainbows i mean it ends kind of a little bit happy rainbows but yeah. but just that they i think reconnect really at the end yeah that's, that's true lovely. that's true yeah. yeah yeah so our next show to talk about our, our last therapist scene uh this comes from the show grace and frankie which is another netflix show yeah, yeah. Woo. yeah. so in the most recent season of grace and frankie uh the characters saul and robert uh are in therapy and one of the things they're talking about is the fact that Saul went on a cruise and met this guy named Roy. And he really hit it off with Roy, and the two of them have stayed in touch, have been texting with each other, and this has caused some stress in Saul and Robert's relationship. Uh, the two of them are married. Uh, causing some stress in their relationship, and so that's what they're talking about here with their therapist. I'm someone who needs people in his life. Saul does seem to be looking for something with, with Roy, with, with Frankie, even with his activism, that he feels he is not getting at home. I can't be everything to him. And you shouldn't have to be. Have you two ever considered a less conventional approach to your relationship? What do you mean? I've had patients, gay men in particular, who, who've had some success venturing outside the social norms to find an arrangement that works best for them. What kind of arrangement? 
If a Roy pops up again, perhaps you could explore that without any guilt. You mean explore? Well, I'm Catholic for Christ's sake. And we're married. And you're also men. You have complex biological impulses. And monogamy may run contrary to those impulses. An open marriage is just one idea. There are many others. But what does that mean? Well, it means that in order to fix this relationship, you may need to break it wide open. So I mean that's the I mean that's the first time at least in this show like we've seen that focusing around a gay couple first of all primarily who's over forty exactly who's over the age of forty which is also great to see at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's unfortunate about this scene is the fact that the therapist makes it about the fact that they're men. Mm. Yeah, right. And I I found this especially disappointing because it's just like. Really, have we not moved past that yet? Have there not been enough studies yet showing that that's not actually the case? Like, haven't we moved on as a society? And I was actually really disappointed by a show that, in other respects, seems quite progressive for a you know for a sitcom format of a show. Uh, so anyway, that was my one one gripe, and I just had to bring it up because that was frustrating. You've been disappointed a lot tonight. You know, it's like... It's okay. It's like I think of TV writers in Hollywood like as my children. (laughs) What? You know, and it's like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I see, okay. Okay. The worst thing that a parent can say to you. That's all. Oh my God. So that was a lot of Netflix shows back to back that you did there. Yeah, Yeah. we joked a while ago about doing, like seeing if we could find some sort of executive of programming at Netflix. Anyone? Anyone? have them on the show and kind of be like, hey, do you know what you're doing? Like, like. Are you aware? Because there's more than just this. There's also BoJack Horseman, yeah. where Hollyhock has six gay dads. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Sense8, which is another, yeah, it's another great yeah. example. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of stuff right now on Netflix with non-monogamy in yeah. it. So we, we brought this up kind of as a joke of like, do they know what they're doing? And then someone pointed out this Actual real life ad for Netflix. What do you want to watch? Mm, how about Orange is the New Black? Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, you're probably waiting to watch that with Jeremy, right? Oh, no, it's totally fine. Isn't that like cheating? Oh, um, we're in a Netflix open relationship. What is that? <laughs> it means that we can watch whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want. Do you get jealous? Oh no, we're not each other's possessions. I don't know. I kind of like that she enjoys watching with other people. I mean, how is one person supposed to satisfy all of your TV watching needs? Watching TV with only one person? Just isn't natural. It's just like any relationship. It is all about communication. And setting boundaries. She's the primary person I watch shows with. And if I'm streaming with somebody else, I'm just sure to let him know. But do you guys even binge together? Oh, yeah. We love binge watching together. (laughs) Yeah, we can get some applause for that one. 
And that's like half of the ad. Yeah, that's only it half of the ad. It goes on. Yeah, yeah, it hits like every single talking point in that conversation. Yeah, it's really, really good. So apparently someone at Netflix does know what they're what doing. Yeah. 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 And not only that, but they somehow managed to make an ad that's probably the best conversation on TV in the past year about non-monogamy. Yeah. The thing is, though, after I saw this ad, I realized, I mean, like, I've been in some form of non-monogamous relationship for almost 10 years now. And the idea of a Netflix open relationship is actually really terrifying to me. That's, that's a boundary it might right be there. Yeah. An edge for me, possibly. <laughs> All right, so for our last section, we wanted to talk about sort of the overall evolution of what we're seeing as portrayals of non monogamy on television. And the show that I'm really excited to talk about, that I think is a great example of this next evolution, is the show Steven Universe. So I love this. Every time I say Steven Universe at one of these live shows, like a third or a quarter of the audience loses their fucking minds. <laughs> and everyone else is like, huh? I don't know what that is. Uh, so <laughs> Steven Universe, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a children's show and it's fucking amazing for everybody. Uh, really, truly, it's, it's wonderful. It's uh, had five seasons so far and it's one of, not one of, I'll say it's, probably the best representation on TV of various gender identities, various sexualities, different races, uh, boys crying and not being shamed for it, uh, affection between boys and their fathers. Like, it just, the main character is a boy who learns that his superpower is a shield that helps him protect other people and not a weapon like he thought it was gonna be when he found out he had superpowers, right? Like, fucking incredible show, really, really good. And it's a children's show, but has bisexual characters and um, trans characters and characters of different races. It's wonderful. And anyway, in this most recent season, a character named Florite was introduced. And Florite is part of this group called the Off Colors, who are kind of these outcast gems. And what gems are are these alien magical creatures that Steven is a half gem. And one backstory of gems that you need to know is that when two gems become like totally in sync with each other, emotionally, mentally, they can actually fuse together to become one being together. So I think that's enough context for you to understand this clip. And a fusion like me is unforgivable. When my, our Morganite found out, let's just say we were replaced. But my story's nothing. I mean, Fluorite, how many gems are you now? Six. Maybe more if we meet the right gem. Aww. Aww. So cute. <laughs> and what's especially fantastic about this is that the uh, director and creator of the show was actually asked about this last year at Comic-Con, saying, is fluorite a representation of polyamory? And she said, yes, fluorite is. And the reason why they made the choice to include fluorite in the show is because they did a panel with youths from an LGBT center, and the kids there, the youths, said... Uh, <laughs> said that this is something they would like to see represented in the show. Which so is good really job to the youths. The youths well, will save they us. They will save yeah. us all. Yeah, thank yeah. God. So yeah, great show. Uh, you know, if your kids don't already watch it, find a kid and show it to them. Just place a kid <laughs> Or watch in it by yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Just watch it. Yeah, like, sure. Watch it with Just your friends. It. Yeah. It's great. Uh, it's on uh, comedy, or no, Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Cartoon yes. Network, yeah. Yes. Uh, so our last three clips are all going to be coming from the show The Magicians. 
Anyone? Yeah. Woo. Yes. Yeah. Jason, I love this show. Dedeker, not so much. But we think it's great. Um, and, it, and it's fun because it kind of shows like the whole arc of what we're talking about here. Um, non-monogamy in media has progressed from sort of being a punchline to finally becoming something that is actually talked about in a really nuanced and amazing way. Um, so the first clip that we're about to see here is from season one, which was about three years ago. It shows like sort of where we were at that time. Um, you're about to see Quentin and Alice, yes, coming together. Uh, to Alice's parents' house, and they walk into this insane orgy that's about to happen. Oh, yeah, here's the simulated sex act. Yes. So if you need to, if you you're know, like, oh god, I can't watch it, this, then then, yeah. then bounce now. All right, here we go. Come, 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 come. <laughs> so glad you guys could make it for the Wainaralia, the Roman festival of Venus. Did Alice tell you I study historical magic? We celebrate all the Roman holidays around here. Dad, I need to talk to Mom like now. It's important. Well, after a frolic, she'll usually head for the tepidario. Can you please just call it the bath? Nonsense. This is my domus. I shall call it what I please. So, like, it's kind of jokey. Yeah, it's a, it's a punchline, you know, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, the parents are non-monogamous, so of course they'd be having a Roman orgy. Like, exactly. That's what non-monogamous people do. Yeah. But it is kind of in line of what we were seeing about three or four years ago or so. Exactly. Um, so that's in contrast to the second season of The Magicians, which was about two or three years ago, um, where we get a little bit of an upgrade on the conversation. Um, so the context for this clip is that Elliot, mm-hmm. who is the king of Fillory, which Correct. is a magical land. Um, studied so well. I know. Um, he, you got uh, it. Elliot meets another king in Fillory, and he thinks that they're going to have to duel it to the death, except that then Elliot learns that the rules in Fillory are a little bit different than what he thought. What happened to the whole one-must-die deal? We're kings. It's the point of having great power of not to right wrongs. We made an agreement. We're getting married. Wait, what? Uh, hello? Pregnant wifey, your dick no worky. Before I flay whoever neglected to inform me sooner, apparently all monarchs on this glorious, magical planet are entitled to one of each, a wife and a husband. So what? You're all just going to shack up We're together? We're all just one big, royal, polyamorous family. Isn't it great? No one has to die. Everyone... That's what they want. They use the word. They did use the word. And I yes. will say the polyamory where no one has to die is the best kind of polyamory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Elliot's wife has no say in this marriage. It's, yeah, it's still, you know, coercive and a little bit non-consensual. It's not really polyamory. Yeah. But the thing is, though, like, they do drop the P word. Yes. Um, which... We see that in parallel with actually what we've seen, for instance, with um, shows being hesitant to use the word bisexual, for instance, that for a while we've, for instance, you know, had characters who definitely in their actions and in their behavior are bisexual, um, but very few writers actually willing to put that term in. As a matter of fact, like the first usage in mainstream, relatively mainstream television was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a well, couple actually, years the, ago? Actually, the very first was Grey's Anatomy, uh, uh, and, mm-hmm. then, and then Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was the first one to do it for a male character. And to do a song and dance about it. And they yeah. did a whole song about it, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we kind of see those things kind of running in parallel that, again, like starting to see more characters that like in their actions, in their behavior are non-monogamous or polyamorous, but, but we're not seeing the word get dropped very frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to the most recent season of The Magician. So in season three here, uh, in season three, again, Elliot, the king of Philly, I see someone covering their eyes. Um, oh yeah, that's okay. I, oh, oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. I, I took out the like big spoiler from this, so this actually won't be too bad of a spoiler <laughs> yeah. for you. It's also a long clip, so just bear in mind you're going to yeah. have to be holding the position for a while. Yes, but thank you for, thank you for taking care of yourself. <laughs> So, in this most recent season of The Magicians, uh, Elliot and his good friend Quentin travel uh, back in time like a thousand years to solve this very, very difficult puzzle that will give them the power to manipulate time. And so you're going to watch this this clip of them trying to solve this puzzle. And then there's kind of a jump where I cut to later in the episode after a time loop has been reset. So when that happens, just know, like, wait, what? That, just, just roll with just it. Roll you'll with you'll it. get it. You're yeah. good. You'll get um, it. But let's just watch this, and then we'll talk about it. To our first and last year at this thing. Hey. Hey. We could be done tomorrow for all you know. We can't just throw away all this time we've invested. If you want to live your life, live it here. Hey. Hey. No look today? Found him holding someone else's peaches. Sorry, I... uh, I mean, I always thought you were too good for him anyway. visit soon of course if we're not here now dad i love you too I got so old. You died. 
I die. You had a wife. And we had a family. How? How? How do we remember that? I don't know. So talk about like such a jump between seasons that we've gone from the first season where it's like non-monogamy means Roman orgy to this, which is us literally seeing an entire lifetime of this relationship that from the looks of it seems to be kind of like this V relationship, raising a child together with two bisexual men involved as well, that mm -hmm. it's, it kind of comes out of nowhere and is just like so different from everything else that we've seen up to this point. And to be fair, The Magicians has had three seasons to practice covering non-monogamy. Yeah, so. but so has Yumi Her. Yeah, in every single season. That's fair. Yeah, Yumi Her has also had three seasons to get it right. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, so I would say for this year, our award for best <laughs> portrayal of non-monogamy... The Multi-Amory Award of Excellence. Yes. Goes to The Magicians. I didn't know it was a award show, but yay I for know. The Magicians. Good job, Magicians. Well done. <laughs> if anyone cares. Yeah, if anyone here is from worked on The Magicians, you can come up and receive your prize. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll exactly. improvise something really quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Get a free beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, um, before we wrap up here, um, we do have some thank yous that we we want to give yes uh, we would like to thank uh, angel city brewery as well as keith michael and danny who Woo! helped us so good tip put your on this bartenders show. please tip your bartenders and our bartenders of course yeah um also we have amazing volunteers tonight uh paul phoebe Lindsay, rusty and rachel thank you so much mm -hmm. uh, you are part of our patreon community as well so thank you for that. And we want to give an extra special thank you to our editor and camera helper person today, Mauricio, uh, who is here. Thank you, Mauricio. Sorry, Mauricio. Sorry, Mauricio. Sorry, Mauricio. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then quick show of hands, who here is a part of our Patreon community? Wow, there's yeah. a lot of you here tonight. Woo. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so our patrons are the reason that we are here, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, without the support that we get from Patreon. Um, there's no way we could have afforded we really this wouldn't venue. Be here. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> we, we really wouldn't be here. And so it's, but the thing is, it's not just like financial support from Patreon. It's also the fact that as a platform, it's enabled us to connect to our listeners in a way we never had been able to before, to be able to hear from people what kind of content they want, uh, you know, what they're struggling with in their own lives, what kind of advice they need, uh, reaching out to help correct us, to help make us into a better podcast, um, and just to be able to meet a bunch of people face-to-face -face that get some kind of value out of the podcast. Um, so, of course, if you want to become part of that community, we would love it if you go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Um, but those of you that are here tonight, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Round of applause for you, the patros. Um, we also have some merch towards the front. Uh, some of our lovely volunteers are manning that table. Um, we really appreciate you. And if you want to buy some pins or unapologetic stickers, or also see our amazing merchandise that we have at multiamory.com slash store, we have a couple of samples up there. You can kind of like get the feel of the shirts and stuff. Um, and yes, we have a thing to say about go for yes, it. Yes, okay. Want. Yeah, with the merch, you'll notice. So um, both in our online store and some of the merch that you can get tonight, um, we 
some of the merch just has our logo on it. It doesn't say multi-amory on it, which is not like a good marketing move for us. But um, our thinking behind it is the idea that we realize that not everyone is out enough or wants to have a shirt that says multi-amory across the front. And so that's why you can get something that just has the logo. Our dream with this, our vision, is that that's like your secret bat signal. So you put on the pin or you wear the shirt, you go to the gym, and then someone comes along and is like... Wear your is, pin to is, the gym? Exactly. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know what people do. You wear your cool tank top. You wear your cool tank top. I'm, I'm wearing mine right, yeah, right see? now. Okay. Um, so you wear it to the gym and someone's like, oh, oh, is is that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it is. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then you have a new best friend and all your problems are solved. Anyway, so you can pick up some of that at our merch table. Yes, and then in addition to that, the lovely person sitting next to me wrote an amazing book called The Smart Girl's Guide to Polyamory. So if you want to pick one of those up tonight, we have many copies for sale and Dedeker will sign it for you. So that's super awesome. Yeah, so we are going to be hanging out in this space, still having beers until about 10.30. After 10.30, we need we'll to move, move over, over there to the bar. Mm -hmm. um, but feel free to hang out. We're here to talk and answer questions and anything you want. And uh, with that, thank, thank you, you Los Angeles. Woo! <laughs> Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.